0: what's going on guys welcome to another post game live here on dime dropper before we get started make sure to subscribe on at you on youtube at dime dropper hit the notification bell so you know every single time i go live and of course follow me on social media all platforms twitter instagram and tiktok at dime dropper pod let's get into it live from los angeles on this sunday night And we got two crazy games to talk about. The Boston Celtics and the mighty LA Lakers, both going down three games to nothing. Now, my biggest nightmare, as you guys know, and I I apologize to all my Laker and Celtics fans listening, because you guys are the second and fourth most represented probably on my channel. I'd say Warriors are third on Clippers, probably first by a little bit over Lakers, but it's just crazy to me how that was my biggest nightmare even though i trust me i'm a, you know you know me i'm a big historian i'm i'm really into the tradition of the game and all that stuff but yeah i don't know man i couldn't do lakers celtics again because i just don't want the rich to get richer and no matter what i'm going to hear about it that's the main thing is i'm going to hear about it either way when one of those two teams wins but denver and miami i mean i do know a couple of heat fans but What an amazing story for Miami and Denver. I mean, I'm kind of pulling for them because they've never won a ring, never made it to the finals. And as a Clipper fan, I I got sympathy for all those teams that have never won in in all sports. So I'm kind of pulling for them. But, man, there's no way I'm going to be mad about this finals unless we see the unprecedented 3-0 comeback for the first time in NBA history. Now, I highly doubt that. Um, But it looks like it's cooked. looks like we're getting the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat in the finals. Are you kidding me? Who would have ever thought that? I mean, the Denver Nuggets, a lot of people thought were going to go to the finals like myself. But then there was a lot of skeptics talking about their... You know what? I'm actually going to get right into the recap. Might as well. Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers. Game 3. Must-win game for the Lakers. Well, we saw Vando start again alongside D'Lo, AD, LeBron, and Reeves. Now, in the first half, it was all about 27. Jamal Murray... A first half for the ages. A clinic. 30 points at halftime. 30 points. He was hitting every shot in the book over every single Laker. Lakers' plan was to stay attached to Jokic on screens to just have their, you know, Vando or Dennis Schroeder fight and try to get back around Murray. But he is so good. He had two guys on his hip and pulled back, snatched back. One time he hit the spin over his left shoulder. I mean, he's got such a... Well-rounded bag to me. It's not the fanciest in the world, but he can literally score from anywhere on the court He's a lot taller and bigger than people give him, you know Kind of talk about he's like a 6'4 and he can post up and I think he's good finishing with both hands around the basket I think the biggest thing with Murray is he's not the quickest most athletic. So he his diet is a lot of jump shots and it's really about how good his jumper is and how consistent it is. But it just seems to fall in the playoffs. And one thing I think about him is, he's not one of those guys that just chucks threes. Sometimes he'll get himself going in the mid-range area, and then he'll start getting going like you saw in game two. But in this game, I mean, he was cooking everyone. He had a step-back three over AD in the first half. He was cooking LeBron. I mean, everybody that got switched onto him, it was cash. But in the first quarter, D'Angelo Russell already... Looked cooked yet again. And this was probably the worst game for him of the three to me. He hit the first shot of the game for the Lakers for a a corner three. And after that, I mean, he was involved in the action, meaning defensively a couple of times. The Nuggets were trying to get D'Lo switched on to Murray. And I'm kind of surprised that the Lakers conceded that switch fairly easily with Vando and D'Angelo Russell. Like, you just don't want D'Angelo Russell guarding Jamal Murray. And... D'Lo, I mean, there were times where he actually put up a good contest, but he's just not the best laterally, and he's definitely the weakest link in that starting lineup on that end of the floor. You need him to make shots. You need him to do what he does offensively, or else he's kind of becoming unplayable. And that's exactly what started happening. Now, granted, I thought he should have came out around the five or six minute mark of that first quarter, but he was in all the way up to like the it was, just, you know, his normal rotation. He was basically in to let me check. to the three-minute mark of the first quarter. Lakers are already down 13 points. Now, on defense, Nikola Jokic was guarding Anthony Davis. Aaron Gordon was guarding LeBron James. And I thought Jokic in the beginning was doing a solid job one-on-one against AD. But AD was finishing on the roll. You know, had like, I want to say six or eight points. A couple of field goals on the roll in that first quarter. Nice putback dunk. And, you know, the Nuggets, they were still... Up by 12 after one, even though Jokic hadn't hit a shot yet. So that's how you knew, you know, it was going well for them. 32-20 to 20 in the first quarter. And I have to say the Lakers created a lot of good looks. Three layups, one missed by LeBron, one missed by Rui, one missed by AD. Three open threes missed. And there, But you know what happens when the Lakers miss shots? Nuggets want to push the pace and get out in transition. And it was just poor from the Lakers. Nobody getting back in time. No sense of urgency and desperation in that first quarter in transition. And I thought LeBron, we've seen this a couple of times in these playoffs, but that first five-minute stint that he plays, he's just going through the motions. Just totally going through the motions. Then he rests and he comes back in, and then he's like kind of going, and he starts playing aggressive because AD comes out of the game and he has to play aggressive. But... Look, I don't it's not even about the ball dominance or like being aggressive with the ball. It's more about his defensive intensity. There was just a couple of times in transition, he's just jogging back early in that game. You know, one time it was a rotation at the rim. A couple of times, two or three times, he didn't rotate very well in that first half or quickly enough. But the late the nuggets up by twelve after one. It really was the Jamal Murray show. And as for the D'Angelo Russell substitution, I think he should have came out like five or six minutes into the game for Lonnie Walker because he just I mean taking a couple of tough shots. It feels like he's not turning the corner as quickly and stepping into the mid-range in this series. It feels like he's just kind of keeping the guy on his hip and taking that three with the guy right in his rear view, and it doesn't seem like a very good shot. I'd much rather D'Lo get the ball in that mid-range or try to post up, but he just does not look like a player with any confidence right now, and it's been three games in this series, and you know what? We always say there's levels to this shit. And D'Angelo Russell has never played at this level. This is the conference finals of the NBA playoffs. This is one of the highest levels in basketball, top two highest levels in basketball. There are certain players that have trouble in their roles at this level. He's not the first. This, this is a you know welcome to this is what it takes to be the third best part in championship team. And listen, it's not just D'Angelo Russell failing in his role when I keep talking about it, but the Nuggets up by 12 after one. I will say this, though. When LeBron came back in for that second stint, he hit this long two right away with his foot on the line. You thought for a second that was the first three of the series for him, but then he started getting going, and you started seeing him post up a couple times yet again. The Nuggets conceded that Murray switch, and every single time LeBron caught the ball in the low post, I do not know why they went away from this for the life of me. I do not know why they went away from this, and That's not just on Darvin Ham. That's got to be on LeBron as well. He can overrule it. We've seen it in the past. This is a rookie coach, and this is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Every single time it seemed like LeBron caught the ball in the low post after putting someone in pick and roll or getting a favorable switch. Mind you, I said lower mid post on the wing, not straight away. He was getting a good shot. Well there was a kickout for an open three, there were a couple of times he had that give and go where the guy that made the entry pass would cut right away. Magic and Kareem used to do that a lot in the 1980 playoff that I watched um, during COVID. Magic entry pass, right away gets back. Kareem gives it to him right in stride. A couple of times, LeBron was that postman in that action, and it was starting to go well. To start that second quarter, the Lakers made that first run in the, non, in the non-Murray minutes and cut it to six. Austin Reeves started getting going in that pick and roll, and when Rui Hachimura came in the game, again, another really good game for Rui. You Honestly, I expected him to start in game three, and I think that's honestly a mistake by Darvin Ham. Do I think it was a, the game coster? No, I don't, but Rui Hachimura just has put his name up in lights, in these playoffs, and you couldn't be more impressed by what he's done. And to do it on both ends of the floor, you know, defense was a concern for him. We know he's not the quickest, but the way he has been a solid matchup in this series for Joker, and when I say solid, I mean, a guy that can at least do something to not make it super easy for the guy. But in this game, Rui Achimura played 34 minutes. So besides LeBron and Anthony Davis, he played the next most minutes. So he still played a decent amount. You'd probably want to see him play like 38, but... I mean, I don't think it's the the reason the Lakers lost the game. Jokic didn't get his first basket till the 8-minute mark of the second quarter. Rui Hachimura started guarding him when he and AD were in the game together. So AD would roam on Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon. And Jokic, every time he was in the post or tried to, you know, turn or get too deep, Lakers threw a double at him. Sometimes the Nuggets role players were making shots. Sometimes they were not. For example, Michael Porter, he was not hitting his 3-ball in this game. Let me see what he ended with. Wow, four for 10 in the end. Jeez. Felt like he was. In the first half, he was missing. But. Yeah, he was four for 11 in the game. So it did feel like he missed a lot of shots that he, he normally makes. But, again, the Lakers were doubling at the right times. But you got to give Rui credit. He was doing a solid job as the initial defender. And Anthony Davis, when he was guarding him in the first half, was doing solid as well. Now, granted, Jokic wasn't being super aggressive in that first half because Murray had it going. So that's what's a good thing about Jokic. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to be going with the flow, doing whatever's best for the team. And a lot of times, you know, he's going to be involved in the action either way in that pick and roll or just handling the ball 18 feet away or at the top of the key, and then all the back screens going, all the off-ball actions happening for Denver, and he's just kind of the QB seeing over the top of the defense and making things happen. So even when he's not scoring, he's still an insanely, probably the most impactful player still for Denver because everything revolves around him, whether he's on the ball or off the ball. But LeBron started guarding guarding Jamal Murray for a little bit of that second quarter, and the Lakers were switching one through five, or should I say, I'm sorry. They were switching the one five pick and roll, so then they could have Rui guarding Murray and LeBron guarding Jokic. They were even switching three through five on Jokic, so AD Rui and LeBron were the only guys guarding Jokic, and they were okay switching Dennis Schroeder on Aaron Gordon at times, and if, and also Michael Porter because you're not going to see MP, you're, you're not going to really see MPJ post up that much. But they weren't switching Schroeder on to Joker. So I just wanted to throw that out there for coverages purposes, but. Jamal Murray, he continued to eat, especially when he got Rui on the switch. Tween, tween, step back, sidestep. He was giving him the business, man, in every way, up and unders. His footwork is so good, his patience, and just hitting shots over everyone. There was one time where Dennis Schroeder was guarding him topside. He cut to the basket well. It was just, dude, he was doing it all, scoring in every single type of way. But some trouble was for the Nuggets that Nikola Jokic had his second foul, After and after a second foul started guarding Rui and Aaron Gordon started guarding Anthony Davis and besides one basket in the first half all of AD's points were off like off ball actions or catching the ball uh, on the roll and pick and roll or put back only one time that he kind of score with the ball one on one it was against Aaron Gordon with a right hand jump hook. But as I said, LeBron in the post, he played the whole second quarter. LeBron actually had a very good second quarter to me. He turned up his defensive intensity, and he was getting good stuff out of that post. Austin Reeves was also getting more involved. A lot of pick and roll, hitting shots off the catch. I remember one time LeBron was in the post, hit Austin Reeves for an open three in that second quarter. He had 14 points in the first quarter. AD had 15, and it was a quiet 15, but I rewatched the game, and... On both ends, AD was absolutely their best player, especially in the first half. And Jokic in drop coverage finally started to look like he was getting exploited a bit. I remember there was one time where LeBron went right to the rim, no resistance, and there was a little stretch, especially with with Jokic having been in foul trouble, but the Lakers were starting to get some good stuff. But LeBron, as I said, good quarter for him. AD and Rui doing a solid job on Jokic. But Murray had 30 at halftime. I think the only reason why the Lakers were down by three was because, besides obviously the Murray avalanche, some unforced Laker turnovers, just throwing the ball up the court. Like there was one time where D'Angelo Russell just threw the ball across the court after a sick AD block on Jokic, like really early in the game. It was punished with Murray making a layup. Then LeBron and Reeves, I think, each threw just reckless outlet passes up the floor. And it's just you gotta value the ball in the playoffs, especially in a game that important when you're down two nothing in the series. To start the third quarter, Nikola Jokic was guarding Jared Vanderbilt and Aaron Gordon was guarding Anthony Davis, but it was the Denver Nuggets who threw the first punch in that third and it was KCP, 11 points in the third quarter, hit multiple transition threes and even hit a contested three over Lonnie Walker late in the quarter. I mean, he was just unbelievable and the way he has played in this series. End this season on both ends of the floor, but just especially games one and three of this series. It's been nothing short of spectacular, showing that he was the key to winning, uh, maybe winning two championships. Just kidding, but clearly a big factor. I mean, KCP, we can't knock how well he was playing in that 2020 season for the Lakers and in the bubble. And he has just been even better, arguably, for this Denver Nuggets team this season. But Jokic got in even more foul trouble with his fourth foul in that third. The Laker defense started tightening up, and then they made their biggest run of the game. Austin Reeves had 20 points, I remember, by Some point of the third, he had 20 points by the third quarter and he was knocking down shots, got a little mid range going. But D'Angelo Russell, I mean, his confidence was nowhere to be found. He was getting, he was decent on defense in the third, but offensively, he had a possession where he had two wide open threes and he bricked. Then there was one play where, again, he got into the paint. I thought if he had gone forward, he would have gotten a cleaner look, but instead, he took a fadeaway and barely drew iron. It's just a player who is. Really feeling the heat right now and looked like he just didn't need to come back in the game. Honestly, I was fairly surprised that they started him because of the way he played in that first half. but D'Angelo Russell, after he went to the bench, he I'm pretty sure he came back in the game. Let me check. he that he wasn't done. Let's see when Delo checked out of the game. Wow. He stayed in the game for a minute in that third quarter still. Jesus. Yeah, I think Tarvin Ham is going to have to... Uh... Did he play the whole third quarter? Oh, my goodness. I think he may have played the entire third quarter. No, I'm sorry. There we go. Four minutes and 14 seconds left in the third quarter. Lonnie Walker came in for D'Lo, but geez. Considering how poorly he was playing, for him to play eight minutes is extremely generous. Granted, the Lakers were only down by four points when he came out. so It's not like he was he was done, but... Austin Reeves hit a three to tie the game. I forget at what, but it was a big shot. Crowd was starting to get going. And then two straight bad pick-and-roll reads with LeBron on the bench, one by D'Angelo Russell, another by Austin Reeves, where they missed the open guy and just made the wrong read, through the wrong pass, were punished by Bruce Brown in transition. That put the Nuggets up, I believe, 75-71. to 71. Yes, 75-71, to and that's when Darvin Ham took a timeout, put Lonnie in for D'Lo, and then LeBron came right back in for Austin Reeves. And Aaron Gordon at that point, so Jokic, when he got his fourth foul, let me see when Jokic came out. Jokic what left at the 724 mark of the third quarter the fact that the nuggets were able to you know stay strong and withstand the non jokic minutes for that long is a te- and plus i want to say this as well the refs were being really harsh on the denver nuggets in the third quarter so for them to overcome bad officiating and jokic being out for, for an extended stretch considering how bad they've looked at times in the playoffs and in the season with jokic out is a testament to the, how great the team is Aaron Gordon was holding his own at the 5. I mean, he was even in, in drop coverage at times doing such a great job cuz he's so athletic. And there was one time where they put Ru- the Lakers had Rui as the roller, somebody hedged and Rui attacked the basket, and you had A.G. playing both A.D. and Rui at once. Just amazing defense by Aaron Gordon to do that at that small ball five. You know, both of these teams don't have a backup big. They don't play a backup big. Now, the Lakers have apparently Mo Bamba is available for game four, so we will see if he gets any look at all. But, man. MPJ didn't have much going offensively at the point of the third quarter. And the Nuggets, you know, led by KCP, went up by 7, even after that timeout That when they were up by 4, 75, 71, went up by 7. I think that was their largest lead of the third quarter. No, they were up by 9 in the beginning of it. But that was their largest lead towards the end of the quarter, 81-74. And then LeBron finally, finally got his three ball. Two threes to end the quarter, and I started to think maybe that's the ignition he needs to just have one great quarter at home and keep the Lakers alive. So overall, in that third quarter, the Lakers outscoring Denver, and by the way, Forgot to mention that they outscored the Nuggets 35-26 in the second. They outscored them 27-26 in the third. So going into the fourth, all you need is a big quarter from LeBron and AD, and you could be home free and get back in the series. You know, ultimately, even with the whole, maybe Rui should have started. You know, some people are talking about Vando playing more. Look, he got one wide, wide open look in the third quarter that Jokic left him open for. And It barely drew iron. And there was one time where AD, you know, Jokic was sagging off of Vando. He didn't – AD probably should have still made the move and made Jokic fully commit. I think that he passed it too early. And Vando's basically in a one-on-one situation with Jokic outside the restricted area, takes a bump, can't finish. So Vando, he's not going to get an offensive rebound over the Joker probably. And he has no offensive confidence right now. I don't know – if he, and if they're going to concede the switch super easily when he's on defense, then what's the point of having him out there? You know, as I said, the Lakers have not found, or I don't know if I said this actually, I may have tweeted it. The Lakers have not found a fifth guy in this series that has played well. I mean, you can argue that LeBron hasn't played well, but LeBron, AD, Reeves, and Rui have been good. Or I've been, I've been, you know, they're, they're players that have actually been not horrendous. Because even when LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't at their best level, they're still LeBron and Anthony Davis. You needed much better from D'Lo, obviously, but for all the other role players to just kind of underperform and the Nuggets role players playing better, I mean, I mean, are the Lakers role players underperforming? Like, Let's see, like Vando, this is who he is, right? This is who he is. This is the highest level of basketball. You're not playing Troy Brown. I don't think Troy Brown is good enough at this level. Schroeder, you could say, is underperforming. You You definitely could, but this is who he is as well. Like, he's... He has not been... I don't, Has he ever been to the conference finals? 2015, I believe, with Atlanta. But, I mean, he got swept. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to do his best. He's going to try to make Murray's life tough. And granted, in the second half, I think he was doing a decent job. But everyone's getting torched by Murray in this series for the Lakers. Like, everyone. But anyway, Lakers go into the fourth. Down by two. 82 to 82-84. Now... All I was thinking in my mind, Murray went scoreless in the third. All I was thinking in my mind, the Nuggets need one big quarter from Jokic, just one. And they're home free with a 3-0 lead. They're in the finals, basically. And that's exactly what we got. 15 fourth quarter points for the best player in basketball. But in the beginning, the Lakers actually regained the lead. There was one time, now this was very interesting to me. Jokic was getting switched on to LeBron in the fourth. LeBron. It happened five times. Five. Guess how many points the Lakers scored off of those five switches? Three. And it was the first time. And it was a bad possession, I might add. LeBron was pounding the shit out of the ball the entire shot clock, not doing anything. The defense was loading up. Lonnie was open in the in the strong side corner. And he just waited, waited, waited. I think he just wanted to see how far they'd commit off of Rui because I think he wanted to get Rui the ball. He got him the ball, but it was a semi-contested shot. It was just a terrible possession. No ball movement, just all him ball-pounding. But Rui made the shot. So that gave the Lakers the lead. And the next possession, LeBron came down the court with Jokic on him again. And I know he had just made two threes, but he pulled up for three. And even though he had a, you know, a head of steam... Let me know what you think of that decision. It was in and out. I I know LeBron, you know, his tendency when he has made two threes in a row, he wants to go for that third. But to go downhill on Jokic when he already has four fouls, I mean, to not do that, it's a big mistake in my opinion. And he paid for it. He missed the three and then Jokic scored on the other end. So, but funny enough, it was a back and forth. Rui made a pull up to give the Lakers the lead again. 87-86. But then the Joker with the spin move on Rui. This is with AD out the game, by the way. When I saw him make that spin move and reverse layup on the baseline, I was like, okay, okay, he's here now. He's here. And another player I haven't mentioned yet who was just spectacular. Again, he's been so good in these playoffs. Give me a guy like this any day of the fucking week Bruce Brown. Cutting off the ball, setting screens, hitting big threes, finishing in transition, putbacks, good defense, hustle plays. He has been phenomenal, and in this one, he was no different. Punishing the Lakers in transition time and time again, making big shots. And there was one play, you know, Jokic was getting double-teamed. They swing the ball. Brown attacks a closeout, hits the floater. He has a really nice teardrop and put the Nuggets up by four. And again, AD came back in the game and... He barely touched the ball. There was not one time, and by the way, there was one time where Yoke, AD scored on Jokic in the third quarter one-on-one with a hard, hard drive to the right, one dribble right, spin left, and he scored. But he barely touched the ball one-on-one in that fourth, and he's their best player. Now, I want to say this. They were still putting him in the action as a screener and getting really good looks. Like Their offense still revolves around AD being a threat but the Nuggets were doing a good job of preventing him from getting the ball and forcing the other guys to beat them, and that includes LeBron James from three, and the guys just didn't come through. LeBron had seven points in the fourth, but he was two for six and one for four from deep, and as I said, five times he got Jokic on him, and only that first position against Ruiz scored. The other times, a lot of times, they just load up, and he wouldn't attack the gaps. He would just make a pass, and it was a semi-contested three. And I think a big difference in the game, too, is that the Nuggets role players and other guys, especially Jamal Murray, who's not a role player, but these guys made their threes. The Lakers didn't. Let me see what the three point uh, stats were in this game. Yeah, see, Nuggets 41.5%, 17 for 41, Lakers 31%, 10 for 32. That's a difference. Seven more threes. That's a difference. And the Lakers, you know, they took their last lead of the game, 94-93 after Rui free throws. But the response to the Nuggets was insane. I mean, Lakers, right in the scheme, leave Jeff Green open for three to double off the Joker with AD roaming. Jeff Green makes the three. And then Bruce Brown hits the three. Off an MPJ extra pass. Really great. MPJ, at that point, I don't think he had really, I think he was, what, four for, or three for ten? And he made the extra pass to Bruce Brown to hit the three. Absolutely massive. And those two threes began a 13 to nothing run for the Nuggets that would eventually win them the game. Murray came back in, hit a three where Dennis Schroeder got taken out on an off-ball screen by Jokic. And Brown Bruce Brown had a putback layup over Austin Reeves and Anthony Davis to put them up 10. And then Jokic on a dump down finished and put them up by 12. To close the game, and LeBron did cut it to seven, but to close the game, Jokic and Murray went to the pick and roll, but with Jokic as the ball handler and Murray as the screener, unbelievable, these kind of things they can do. And it's such a threat because you've got to stop Jokic from going downhill. He's got that teardrop, and then you got Murray either picking and popping or picking and rolling. It's just a nightmare. And the dagger came with... By the way, LeBron made a three to cut it down to seven, and Jokic then hit a three in that pick and roll with Murray sitting in the screen. They sagged off, and he burned them, and then... Murray got the ball on the short roll in the next play and hit a backhanded layup, and that was that. AD and LeBron James in the fourth quarter, three for nine combined. LeBron had seven points and three assists. AD in the fourth, but he was, as I said, two for six and one for four from three. And Anthony Davis had only two points in the fourth. There were a lot of times where AD had the switch, had Jeff Green on him or something. And there was one time in particular he was battling for position. It probably was a foul but the Laker players didn't throw them the ball. And I think LeBron and Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves and Darvin Ham, even though they were getting some good looks, you should kind of be ashamed of yourself that your best player, who's been your best player all night on both ends of the floor, carries your defense, is not getting the ball against Jokic with four fouls. That's embarrassing to me. Or Jeff Green. Whoever it may be, they shouldn't be able to guard Anthony Davis. with the way LeBron's playing, so he made two threes, now we're just giving it to him, and not even in the post. He's dancing against Jokic at the top. Like, I think it's just it's just pure stupidity, and I think that the Lakers deserve what they got. The Nuggets are the better team. They're straight up the better team. They've been the better team from the beginning. They are the best team in the West. I've said they're going to go to the finals since December, and they have earned every bit of this. 3-0 lead on the Lakers, the first time in their history, if I'm not mistaken, that they're one game away from the NBA Finals. As we all know, no team has ever come back from 3-0 down in a best-of-seven series in the NBA, and I think this will be no different. I just hope the Lakers don't get swept. Don't get swept. Don't get swept. Apparently, the Lakers have never won a game four when they're down 3 nothing in their history, which is insanely hard to believe, but... Let's read the lines for the Denver Nuggets who shot 50% from the field and 41.5% from three. They also shot... Only 74% from the foul line, and Jokic missed three of those five free throws, so that's interesting, but let's start with the bench players. Eight-man rotation. Christian Brown only played three minutes, and he had a donut, so you can't really count him, really. It was really a seven-man rotation. Jeff Green played 23 minutes, and guess what? He played well. He was strong. He made a huge three to give the Nuggets the lead. Five points, four rebounds on two of three shooting, and one for two from three in 23 minutes. And then Bruce Brown played 29 and was just phenomenal. It's funny that he was 0 for 4 from 3 besides that make that put the Nuggets up 99-94. But he is so good. 6 for 11 from the field. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. What a role player. Give me a guy like Bruce Brown any day of the week. But it's funny. We have another guy like Bruce Brown on the Clippers. A Massachusetts guy just like Bruce. Good friends with him. And he just doesn't care. Treated the same way. Sad. Poor Terrence. How about the starters for the Nuggets? KCP, 34 minutes played, was just amazing, especially in that third quarter. 17 points, three rebounds, and two steals. Really good at the point of attack. He's done such a good job on Delo in this series and just big shots left and right. Six for 10 from the field, four for seven from three, I mean, he's just been amazing. And then Aaron Gordon. His stat line wouldn't really tell you, but 7.3 rebounds and 4 assists. And the fact that he's been able to do a good job on just about everybody, everybody. So good in transition. And he had a couple of dimes in this game. Dimes to Jokic and Murray. So there were a couple times where like AD was sagging off because you want to let him shoot. But if you give him too much room to pass, he was threading that needle like Draymond when you know he's getting sagged off. But two for five for AG, but 7.3 boards, four assists, and a block. He was so solid for me. And then MPJ, the one thing I really like, and this shows his growth, he may not be having the best shooting game. He may not be getting the ball one-on-one against Reeves, isolating, when they probably could do that. Instead, he still plays solid defense, still sharp on his rotations, still making the extra pass and doing the little things. And that's not what you think of when you thought of Michael Porter Jr. But 14 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists for MPJ on 4 for 11 shooting and 4 for 10 from 3. What a solid game for him, even though his shot wasn't his best. But he was still able to hit a couple of timely ones. And then the duo. Start with Jokic. 24 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. It looked like he was going to have a stinker, but in the fourth quarter, he saved it. He closed. And that's the mark of a superstar. I don't care if you have a bad first three quarters. I don't even think it was that bad. But close the game. Closed the game. It wasn't great, though. Not good for Jokic's standards. Let's put it that way. But, man, a solid finish for him. As I said, 24-6-8 and on 9-for-19 9 shooting and 2-for-5 from 3. Only thing is 4-for-7 from the foul line. But the player of the game for me was Jamal Murray. What a game for him. 30 in the first half, only 7 in the second, but he's been solid defensively as well. Very solid. He had a big one-on-one defensive stop against Hachimura late. 37 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. A lot of nice reads to passing from Murray. Just countering whatever's thrown at him. There was one where he knew that there was going to be a switch, but he also knew he'd have Jokic on a quick slip. Dimed it to him. Jokic made a quick extra pass to Aaron Gordon. That was in the first half because Murray was attracting so much attention. So There's so much amazing... Basketball being played by Jamal Murray, 37.7 rebounds, six assists, two steals, 15 for 29 from the field, five for 11 from three, only two free throw attempts, and he made them both. Jamal Murray is showing everybody right now why he should probably never get snubbed from the all-star team ever again. Now, granted, he is a bet, like a playoff riser. Like he is not A regular season guy. His game translates so well to the playoffs because, as I've said many times, he doesn't neglect any spot on the floor. He is extremely patient. He has good footwork. He's just very fundamentally sound, and he's a very great shooter. But he also doesn't, as I said, doesn't neglect every part of the floor or doesn't neglect parts of the floor. He gets in the in-between game. He has a solid mid-range, and he can do it going both ways. He can stop on a dime going both ways. He can post up and turn over either shoulder. Like He has a bag. I don't mean to sound like ball don't stop there, but he really does. He really does, and he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Everybody wants to say, Bubble Murray. Bubble Murray, nah. This is playoff Murray. This is who he is. And I've seen it as a Clipper fan for years. I know he's nice. And that's why he's a true second star. And that is why if people try to push the narrative that Jokic wins a championship without a star, it's bullshit. It's the same as Pippen, you know, not being an all-star in 91. You can push that narrative if you want to. But it's not Genuine jamal murray has played like not just an all-star he's played like a superstar at times in these playoffs he's outplayed lebron james if you had told anyone that jamal murray is going to play outplay lebron james in the series you'd say there's no way lakers are gonna win and that's exactly what part of the reason why it's three nothing not the only reason but it's true i mean what a player it's amazing what he's doing he's made for the big time and they asked him after the game well, how does it feel one win away he said five more he wants to make history And this is showing everybody that the whole narrative about Jokic didn't get out of the, uh, you know, he got embarrassed in the playoffs the last two years. No, he didn't. He had no co-star. You're not going to win a championship without a co-star. Jamal Murray is that guy. He's showing you how lethal the Nuggets were. And I said the Nuggets, before Murray tore his ACL, I said in 2022 the Nuggets can win the championship or they're going to the championship. But then Murray tore his ACL, set that back. But, hey, one year off. And Asher was saying that with me too. My friend Asher I've had on the pod a couple times, but. Nuggets win it 119-108. to 108. Let's talk about the Lakers for a sec. They really played an eight-man rotation with Rui, Dennis, and Lonnie. Lonnie probably should have played more minutes than he did. 19 minutes, nine points, two for five from the field, and two for four from three. So solid overall from Lonnie when he played. He probably should get more minutes in game four. Rui Hachim. Actually, let's go to Dennis Schroeder. No, Vando. 14 minutes, two points, one for four. People are saying he should have played more. Him, Rui, LeBron, AD, and Reeves just go really, really big. Here's the thing. I don't mind that. But, I mean, you already have trouble scoring. And then Vando out there? I don't know, man. Two points for Vando. One for four from the field and 0 for one from three. How about Dennis Schroeder? Not great, I don't think. He just didn't do much. I mean, he tried. He slowed down Murray in the second half. I'll give him that. But overall, you're just not getting enough. Five points. He's missing easy shots, too, in my opinion. Two for five from the field and 0 for two from three. How about D'Angelo Russell? My goodness. That first shot was the only one he made. Three points, three rebounds, four assists, three turnovers, one for eight from the field, one for six from three. No free throw attempts in 20 minutes. I don't know what to say, but it's a huge reason why the Lakers are down 3 0. He's been awful in every game. Not been able to defend. He just doesn't he just looks too cool for school. And it's gonna be big in the you know, and how it affects his future and if the Lakers want to retain him this summer, because he's had his great moments. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's been awesome in the first two rounds. He really has, albeit inconsistent and that's just who he is. But his shot diet is pretty tough to live off of. And right now, he's just not playing with any sort of confidence. He needs to make his open shots. It's all confidence. you got to perform at the big stage. It's all mental at this point. But he's, I mean, at this point it's cooked. He just hopefully it plays a game four, a good game four for some redemption. But how about Rui Achimura, who I thought was really good again. 13 points in six boards, five for 12 from the field, and one for three from deep. Um, Rui... One for three from deep kind of hurts, but overall, I thought he, he was scoring, you know? He was scoring out there. How about Austin Reeves? He's been so great in these playoffs, again, with a good performance. 23 points, seven rebounds, and five assists. Four turnovers definitely is a bit too much, though. But 70% shooting and 60% from three and 100 from the line. Seven for 10, three for five, and six for six. Oh, man. It's amazing. Austin Reeves, the way he's played, you cannot blame him at all at all lebron james father time truly is undefeated and with a 23.7 rebounds and 12 assist stat line it doesn't sound like that but no steals and no blocks um only two turnovers or at least he took care of the ball a little bit better but eight for 19 from the field three for nine from deep <laughs> the fact that he's shooting so many threes just shows he's got no legs at the end of games and Part of it's because he has put out the effort defensively. So when he does play good defense, you see what happens offensively. He's not superhuman anymore. I mean, actually, you know, he still is playing at the level that he's at at his age, but no one can do that. You know what I'm saying? He's he's, But some of it's just bad decision-making. For a guy that some people think has the greatest IQ in the history of the game, that's why I don't agree. Like, how can you be shooting so many fucking threes when you're shooting like shit? Nine threes, bro. Nine threes when you haven't made a three all series. Are you fucking serious? Jokic on a switch five times? Come on, bruh. The GOAT. Come on, son. I don't care how old he is. That's bad decision making. That's insane. And there was one time he actually did take Jokic off the bounce and he missed at the rim. He's not playing better than Murray. He's not. But one thing I'll give LeBron, he's trying. I'll give him that. He's not quitting or anything like that. He's trying. But he's just not. I mean, I don't know if he's top 10 anymore. It's not even a knock. He's 38 years old. In the playoffs, he could be top 10, lower half. But in the overall season and playoffs, I don't think so anymore. Is that a hot take? It's because LeBron, people are too emotional. They don't want to accept it. If you want me to, if you know what, if you think he's top 10, then I should grill him harder because we got to hold him to top 10 standards. We shouldn't. Anthony Davis, 28 points, 18 rebounds. Those are five offensive rebounds in two blocks. I think he was still really, really solid, but in the fourth quarter, he wasn't good enough. Three great quarters, even, I mean, very good, I should say. Because it's not affecting the game as much as you think. But 11 for 18 from the field. 6 for 8 from the foul line in 42 minutes. Do you have him guard Jokic more in the and game 4? I think this, the plan with guarding Jokic has not been catastrophic. But you need to go at Jokic when he's in foul trouble. That's a big mistake. And one thing about Anthony Davis. He's like, when he doesn't get the ball, he just kind of like, you know, acts all passive-aggressive it looks like. Just like frustrated. But... He needs to demand the ball and spam. Like, you need to fucking yell at them like LeBron or Kobe would. Like, you're the best part on the team now. So ask for the ball. Even though the Lakers are getting good shots, that's still not good enough. So the Nuggets have had two of the three best players in the series. The Lakers' third option has not shown up. The third option is now Austin Reeves. He is now the confirmed third best player on this team. D'Angelo Russell gets no passes here. But Jokic, Murray, they're just a better team. The Cinderella story is over. You know what I'm saying? The Lakers have had an amazing run here. But this is why, you know, seven seed, a team that was in 13th place, winning the championship. I'm not going to do the whole eulogy because they have a game left to be played. But this series is done. I hope to see a sweep because I want to see LeBron get swept. It's hilarious because his fans suck. But for the Lakers fans, I kind of want to see you guys at least win a game and then lose in five. gentlemen sweep. But it is what it is. I'm so happy for Denver, man. This is awesome. It's going to be a great moment to see them make the finals. But let's talk about the other team making the finals. I see you Heat fans in the comments section are ready for this. So let's go to my other background here in Boston, even though I'm going to be you know, getting yelled at by my cousin in the comments because I don't have a Heat background yet. Sorry, but the Heat is on. The Heat is on. Yo. I cannot believe what I'm witnessing. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. There's no point in even analyzing this game. Here's my analysis. I'll give it to you rapid fire. Ready? Jalen starts well. Missoula goes small with Derek White starting. And and, and has Derek White guarding Jimmy Butler still, which we have seen does not work. Every single time Jimmy's either scoring or drawing help. Every single heat role player... you know, was hitting their threes. Kevin Love had the first five points of the game, but then he got hurt. But Vincent was hitting. Caleb Martin continued to be God. Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry were great. Thankfully for the Celtics in the beginning, Al Horford was making threes. Um, that was good for them. He had two threes in this game, two for five from deep. So that's the one, one of the. Ah, there's no silver linings in this game. What am I saying? But Al Horford finally had an efficient game, 50 point, 50% from the field and 40% from three. But. Every Heat role player was making shots, and the Celtics, as the end, as the first quarter winded down, the Heat made a big run, and from that run, that put the Heat up ten. Let me see what the score was after the first quarter. I think it was eight-point lead. Yeah, thirty to twenty-two. After that, the Heat, the Celtics, just looked defeated, like they had no response. They were down sixty-one to forty-six at halftime, and that's only because they ended the half decently. They were down by twenty-two in the first half. They got destroyed after that first run let's see i said celtics playing with zero fight zero urgency the heat were playing like a team with all the confidence in the galaxy and the celtics looked nervous looked rattled looked like the moment was too big for them I'd never seen anything like this. It's like, is something going on behind the scenes? Like, we get it. Spo is out coaching Missoula, but is something happening behind the scenes? Because this was the most pathetic performance I have ever seen from a Boston Celtics team in a playoff must win game in my life. Again, 18 years watching basketball religiously, so not too much. But besides 2019 with Mo- game four against Milwaukee in game five, but that season the vibes were off the whole year with Kyrie. This is a team that's returning a supporting cast that made the finals last year. Now, they may not all be super kumbaya best friends, but I know that they have a respect and focus and have had that this season, or at least started with it, and I know it tailed off as the season went on, and now we're starting to see why all the Celtics fans towards the end of the season were starting to feel like even though it feels like the year, this team has just shown too many red flags to win the championship. It's not the momentum they were going into the playoffs with last season. And you're starting to see it. Yeah, you can blame the coach. You absolutely should. I mean, Derek White continued. And look, Derek White was all defense this year. He was great against Trey Young. But... He is too small to guard Jimmy Butler. If Drew Holiday got his ass cooked, then Derek White ain't going to do better. And every single time Jimmy Butler is attracting extra help or getting doubled. Like, he is dominating. He is double. They're getting whatever they fucking want. There is no change. And then finally, late in the half, they start hard doubling Jimmy and start getting some, you know, misses out of him. But, like, let me ask a question. Jason Tatum last year took a huge leap to me because he guarded Kevin Durant and he showed everybody in the first round, I mean business this year. I'm going to guard the best player and I'm going to control the game offensively. He has barely guarded Jimmy and when he has, they concede the switch super easily. All they're doing is getting Derek White in the pick and roll. That's all the heat we're doing. A lot of Jimmy Iso. Y'all don't even understand. Everyone says the Heat move the ball a lot better than Boston. They absolutely do. But you know what it is? It's because Jimmy gets the double team because of where he catches the ball. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And this has been their problem with Stevens and with fucking Udoka and Missoula. All they want to do is they want to start their move behind the three. They want to play with the defense in front of them, all eyes on them, and dance. It's all ball-pounding. Look at the way Miami moves the ball. You know what they do? They make the Celtics' defense defend on both sides of the half court. The Celtics don't do that at all. They keep the ball on one side, they pound the ball for so long, and they eventually take a contested jumper a lot of the time. And that starts with their best players. Where was the fight from the leaders today? I could not be more disappointed in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm not a Celtics fan, but I'm speaking with passion because I picked these guys to win, and I know how my fellow Celtics friends, my my fellow friends that are Celtics fans feel. Okay, I've worded that all wrong, but I know how my my Celtics fans feel. They feel like shit right now. This was an embarrassment to every great Celtic team. The way they played tonight, they say, and more in soccer, that you you know you disrespected the badge tonight. Or you disrespected the shirt. They, and Barkley said it best at halftime, they disrespected every single Celtic legend team tonight with the way they played. The lack of heart they showed. Disgraceful. For a city that cares so much about their sports for you to play like that in a must-win game. I don't give a fuck if the coaches lost the locker room. That is a disgrace to get embarrassed like that. The game was over by the end of the third quarter. It was over in the second quarter for being real. You are playing with no desperation. Are you serious? Are you serious? Jason Tatum. What was that all about? No debate who's better between Butler and Tatum now. I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. I'm a Tatum fan. I don't want to fucking hear it. Jalen browns I don't even know if I can say he's better than Bam. Bam was unbelievable in this series. Some of those alley-oops he had were ridiculous. And by the way, when you got Duncan Robinson out there playmaking, off the catch, throwing lobs, looking like fucking, I don't even know, Ray Allen, (laughs) you're cooked, bruh. You're fucking cooked. Caleb Martin has been ridiculous. Kyle Lowry's out there taking charges. Like, it's literally like they were rolling on all cylinders and the Celtics were doing nothing right. Still no Tatum on Butler. They put Jalen Brown on Butler and then all of a sudden they just concede the switch super easily. In the beginning of the third, they cut it down to 14 and you saw Marcus Smart and Al Horford let out a primal roar. But then the Heat made one more run. Vincent made a three to put him up 23 and still Derek White was guarding Butler. And that was that. It was done. The Heat never—I mean, the Celtics never stood a chance tonight because mentally they weren't there. This is not the team that I saw last year. I said it last episode, but there's no toughness—that they lost their toughness with Yudoka I'm sorry, with Udoka gone. I don't know if Yudoka's a yes man, but he's clearly in for too big of a. Like it, this job is too big for him. Look, being a rookie head coach and winning a championship is extremely rare. Ty Lue did it with LeBron James, who was already a two-time champion. Steve Kerr. All the credit to him. I mean, I have nothing to say about that one. A lot of luck though with that first championship run for Golden State. Granted though that I had, yeah, a lot of luck, but he still got the job done. And then there was Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse, I give him a lot of credit too. But it's rare. Missoula was in over his head. And he's gonna be fired, there's no question about it. There's no shot he will be fired the day after they get eliminated on Tuesday, because they're done. Um it's embarrassing. It's, it's a complete embarrassment in all ways, shapes, or form. Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, the great Bill Russell, Tommy Heinsohn. Oh, my goodness. Thank, oh, I, wouldn't, I, I would pay to hear what he I would have to say about this shit. Tommy would have been destroying them after this performance. I mean, it's just embarrassing. But let's give credit to the Miami Heat, who have put on a performance for the ages this year. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen... I've seen a superstar take their game to the next level in the playoffs. I've never seen a supporting cast continuously play so much better than their regular season selves in a postseason like this. Everything they do is great with a purpose on both ends of the floor. Of course, Eric Spolstra deserves a ton of credit. But Gabe Vincent, maybe part of it's heroes not playing. Maybe that's part of it, but Lowry. I mean, what a let's let's read the lines while we're at it. Kyle Lowry, seven points, five rebounds, four assists. That doesn't go to show you also all the steals. Remember, we heard that going into this series, he was leading the team in blocks, taking charges. I mean, the way he has played seven, five, and four, three for six from the field, one for two from three in twenty-eight minutes, he's just been unbelievable. Cody Zeller wasn't even that bad in this game. He pinned Derek White off the glass ridiculous two blocks for zeller four points four rebounds in my opinion is best game i've seen these playoffs in 18 minutes two for four caleb martin and duncan robinson were each seven for 11 from the field i mean that is ridiculous caleb martin 18 points three rebounds and four assists on seven for 11 shooting and four for seven from three are you kidding me with this guy you could make an argument that he's been the best role player of these entire playoffs for any team. It's insane what he's doing. Insane. In transition, he's knocking down his three ball and he has that ugly ass hitch in his shot. His defense, he's everywhere. He's playing with so much heart, but the fact that he's making threes like this is unprecedented. I mean, 18, he was a plus 34. That's crazy. 18-3-4 and in and a steal on 7-for-11 shooting and 4-for-7 from 3. But how about Duncan Robinson and how tough it was to guard him getting over screens? I mean, he's drawing two. He's making solid passes. Even throwing lobs going downhill to bam. I mean, what's going on here? This is like stuff out of a fucking, I don't know, out of a movie. Like, they could win the championship. This could be one of the great championship runs ever. With 96 Rockets, it's more impressive than 96 Rockets to me because Drexler, like with all due respect to Bam, and I'm going to give him his flowers in a second, but Bam Adebayo is not taking his team to the finals by himself like with, with, as the primary guy like Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler took his team to the finals twice. You know, him going to the Rockets, like you got Clyde and, and Akeem Olajuwon with, with Kenny Smith and Robert Ory and Sam Cassell and Mario Elie. like you have a chance was when Akeem in his prime. You have a chance. And Akeem in his prime is not Butler in his prime. You're coming off a ring. One of the great centers to ever play the game. You are a number one pick. Jimmy Butler was at a D3. You know what I'm saying? Or a Juco. He was at a fucking Juco. 95 Rockets. So, 95 Rockets. And then you have, um, what's it called? 2011 Dirk. Debatable. But the Heat have a chance to be a part of this category. No team below six has ever won a championship. This would be an eight seed. Although, they really were the seventh seed. But... Duncan Robinson, twenty-two points, four assists on seven for eleven shooting and five for seven from three. I mean, he has been—he's been really good in this series. But this game was just insane. How about Max Strudel? Even though he got ten points on three for nine shooting, which doesn't sound great, and two for eight from three, the way he was being guarded was catching my eye. How tightly the Celtics were staying to him and, and you know showing on the screens a lot of times streus was even creating four on three situations with his threat off the ball or coming off dribble handoffs i mean it was ridiculous so let's see what he guys that heat had in double figures six four of the starters of course as i said love got injured early he would have had 10 points away he was looking he had five points in five minutes two for three from the field but how about the other guys gabe vinson oh my god it this is ridiculous 29 points to lead the way for the, for the Heat. 29 for Vincent, 22 for Robinson, 18 for Martin. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. This is, I mean, Spo is goaded, but I'm going to send something about Jimmy Butler and Bam in a sec, but 29 points for Vincent, 11 for 14 from the field, and 66% from three, six for nine? Insane, and a steal and a block. I mean, defensively, he's held his own big time. And then the big boys... Bam out of bio. what an insane stat line to just not show how great he was. 13 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block on four or five shooting, but he was dominant defensively. I mean, his versatility on that end, his lob thread, his screens, he has been amazing. And he's finally looking like maybe he can be that second best run championship team. He just needs to, average. to me, he's got to be big in the finals. He's going to be tasked with Jokic or being the help defender, whatever route they decide to go. They don't really have a secondary, like, who's their big forward that can take him like a Rui or LeBron do they have anyone like that I mean is Caleb Martin gonna guard him Kevin Love I mean mm-hmm. Kevin Love can guard Jokic in the post I mean no can he deter him at all I don't think so Haywood Smith? no way I don't know it's gonna be tough to think about but maybe just put Bam on him and hope for the best Bam is just he's a he's playing his best playoffs so far of his career of course to, in my opinion at least and then let's talk about Butler who his field percentage wasn't that great But 16 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 5 for 13 from the field, 6 for 7 from the free throw line, only one three-point attempt. The Heat shot 57% from the field and 54% from three, 54%. So there you go. 19 for 35. They were just lights out. It was one of those games where the Celtics just played their worst possible game and the Heat played their best, but it could not happen on this night. It can't happen on a game where you need to win if you're Boston. That's why you can't lose the first two games at home, point blank. So those are the games you want to look at, not this. Um, But this just showed how little fight they had and how disconnected they seem. Um, But the Miami Heat, I mean, what an amazing— I'm not going to fully give them their flowers as a team yet because they haven't gone to the finals. Job's not finished, but, I mean, this is a wrap. Jimmy Butler, I mean— That stat line may not show it, but he's involved in everything they do. If he's not there, they're not winning. He gets double teams. He's a nightmare for their defense, and they continuously put Derek White on him, and he gets two guys on him at all times, finding guys. A lot of those shots were from Jimmy's threat, and he does it in such intelligent ways, catching the ball at the elbow or in the post or getting two feet in the paint, not settling. That's the greatest thing about Jimmy. He makes the game easier for himself. Tatum and Brown make it harder for themselves. Tatum is more skilled. Jimmy Butler makes the game easy for himself because he's smart with his dribbles and where he catches the ball, his pump fakes, all that. But listen, Tatum's 25. Jimmy Butler's in his pe- at his peak right now. So we'll see what Tatum is like at that age. I mean, he's got a bright future. Jimmy Butler was definitely not this good at that age. I can tell you that. But Jimmy Butler, Bam out of Adebayo, been so great. Jimmy Butler, I'm going to say this too. I said it three years ago. He makes everyone better. People didn't see what he was doing in 2020 because they're too obsessed with stats. But what he was doing was he was letting Dragic and Hero... Handle the ball for the majority of the game. You know, get them comfortable. And then the fourth, he would take over the game every time. And he would still play good D. That was his thing. Next season, we saw him make everybody better because they couldn't handle the ball. They didn't have a point guard. He was the point guard. He was getting a lot of triple doubles. It came, though, at the expense of his scoring, and that's why they got swept. He looked like he forgot how to score. Then last year, getting your, the last two years, getting everybody going with his scoring threat. He makes everyone better. There's no denying it. You can say Spo, Heat Culture, all this, but he makes everyone better. He's a true leader. Does it by example? In the Timberwolves, you could see that Carl Anthony Towns, he was so right about him. But Wiggins, he he kind of flipped the script there. But I would love to see what Jimmy Butler thinks about Wiggins. But the Heat, one game away. Let's look at the Celtics. Oh man. I mean, who's stat line coming? Let's just talk about the starters. Derek White, 9 points, 3 for 9 from the field, 3 for 6 from deep. Smart, 8 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. A little bit of everything on the stat line, but 2 for 8 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep. Al Horford, as I said earlier, shot 50% from the field and 40% from deep. But the Jays combined for 12 of 35 from the field. Jalen Brown was 6-for-17 and 0-for-7 from three. He has really, really struggled with the three ball in this series. And Tatum, 6-for-18 from the field and 1-for-7 from deep. I've already said my piece. They should be ashamed of themselves, but it's over. That's it for me tonight, guys. It's going to be Nuggets versus Heat. It's just a matter of time. Let's see how it goes. I'm going to be going live on Monday, and hopefully it'll be the Lakers getting swept, but we'll see. Let's see how many uh, come into that live. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Let me know which you thought of the episode. Peace. Also, just to end it off, the Celtics shot 40% from the field and 26% from three. 11 for 42. That's ridiculous. Too many three-point attempts. So there you go. Offensive intentionality. Jacking it up. And by the way, after the game, Joe Mazzula literally said that I've lost the locker room and I don't know the answer to how, like why or whatever. And that's my job. Like, dude, he's done he's in over his head but sorry Celtics fans it's it's tough to stomach I know but hey 17 rings could always be me